Hello, and welcome back to Culinary Crash Course. I am Court, your host, and today I have a special guest with me, Alex. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Alex. I am a banquet chef. Um, so tell us what your daily life is like as a banquet chef. My daily life is a bit crazy. I normally will get there like 15 minutes early, and I that's even when I start. I'm not, half the time I'm not even clocked in. I'm just going over my banquets, making sure everything's good for that day. If we miss anything, I'm already making a list of what I need to pull. And then I start writing out all my salad, getting everything salads built and clocked in at this point already. I get the, I get my salads built, weighed out, make sure everything looks good. And then I start doing all my little final details of getting my sauces, making sure I have everything seared off anything that I had missed the night before. I'll get that ready for today. Or the next day. Yeah. So that's kind of what your morning is like? My morning, sometimes going into the afternoon as well, they kind of run the same. So when do the, uh, so then are you doing all of this while banquets are going on? No, not normally. Not normally, okay. So if, wh- what time do banquets usually start then? Uh, the earliest banquet I have ever done would be about like 10, 10 o'clock in the morning. And those are usually my breakfast banquets. After that, it'll be like normally 11, 12, sometimes 1 or 2, up to I've done the latest I've done is like 9 o'clock at night. So a lot of that prep work and um, lists are mostly done before 10 o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And normally at that point, we'll come in today just to get everything ready. Right. So talk to us a little bit about what banquet service is like. It's, like once the banquet starts. Once the banquet starts, my captain will. I already have my time, so I already know I have a thirty-minute window period to get everything in the oven if necessary. Because sometimes I don't have to get it, nothing goes in the oven and it's all fried, or I'll fry it off. And then I just start building on my plates, putting everything, all the garnishes, the plate toppers, everything that we would need to just start rolling it. It it's really really kind of streamlined. Right. At this Do point. You, so, do you do a lot of plating-style banquets or a lot of buffet-style banquets, or is it mostly a mix of both? I get a lot of both. My personal favorite is to do buffet styles. For me, it's a lot simpler. Right. It runs the same as, like, a plated... Even a plated kind of runs different, but going into, like, a plated family style or an actual, like, plated individual plates, those run very, very different. Similar plating, just a little different, though. Because I know for, like, uh, buffets, when I do them, my plating is going to look the same. It's just going to look in bigger batches. So instead of, like, right. five pieces of chicken, I'll have maybe seven or eight in one pan. Okay. I've had a little bit of experience in banquets, but only for about a week. I worked at a TPC for a week in Sawgrass. And I did a bit of a, a, a good amount of buffet banquets. And then I did two plated banquets which we got ready for and um the hustle and bustle of it was was pretty fun and just like doing that those amounts of food uh for people was also very interesting and it was also interesting to work in an environment where like um not a lot of people it was my first time ever working in an environment where like nobody really had a recipe for anything you kind of just made food taste delicious and like a lot of the chefs there had enough experience where they kind of knew how to make a risotto or they knew how to make this or that you know so I kind of understand what you mean when you talk about like the difference between like plated and whatnot. Of course, at TBC, um, they had um, 
they had like combi ovens where you could put all of the like a entire cart of plated food inside of it and like get it heated and ready for service to take out. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was crazy. And they would take the plates and put them down the line if it was like a steak and like a side oh, and they garnish wow. it. We 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 have that at work. It's kind of like a, a plate system because we have to have like a hot plate is what they call it. So it's like literally loaded with plates that were like. I mean, that's more to keep the food hot once it's already made rather than heat it up, but... Right. Yeah. But it was it was cool. It was a lot of, like, like you said, like, marking meats, getting them ready to, like, go and or go for the temperature that you're going for. Um, what would you say... Talk to us about, like, how many banquets you do on, like, your busiest days. Like, what it's like to work so many banquets in one day? So working them, I can tell you the most I've worked is eight banquets in one day. That was a fun day. But that I normally will only get during like holiday seasons, maybe roughly into like graduation season as well. Doing those, it's a lot of stress. It is a major amount of stress, but it is a lot of fun. As just setting up in the, so what we would do the night before is we'd get set up for every little thing that we would need for the morning ones, have all of our sears ready for the night so that way when I'm starting to roll into maybe like a four or five o'clock banquet by two o'clock all I had to do is pull maybe a couple things of pastas and start setting up again doing the salads all my sauces maybe chopping up some basil parsley julienne I have to julienne some part or some basil sometimes even for very spec for certain ones that are requested for it right okay um well what would you say like give us like one of your stressful Give us a story about one of your stressful moments. This actually happened fairly recently. One of my most stressful moments is I was working a 150-person banquet, and they had, like, 15... There was, like, 15 tables, and one of my heat... Like, I had trouble with my heat limits because I was just in very... I was very tired at the time. It just was not a good day for me. So I'm executing, and everything's going fine. I say, hey, I need a little help. Okay, cool. It comes later on to me. We're starting to sell, but things are not coming out hot anymore, and we're like, shit... Okay, now we got to fix this on the fly. So we started to sell the ones that we know are nice and hot. So all of our chicken was nice and hot. And our lasagna, we had lasagna that was nice and hot. So we could start selling that while everything else was getting remade and fixed back to where it was. That was one of my more stressful ones. Also going into when I had three banquets firing all at once. So I'm like 10 minutes apart from each, from one course to the next to the next. Right. I um, bet that could be a very, very stressful. It is, but... I've learned how to do it. If they have similar, they're small. There's usually smaller when they have to fire like that. If they're anything bigger than like five or six, I'm not doing that. I know my limits, and I'm like, nope, you're getting someone else back here. Right. What are your? And sometimes they'll have you. They'll try to have you do those like alone. Sometimes, yeah. But also sometimes it's like you. Ha- I have to be alone, and I'm very self. My entire area is extremely self-sufficient. There's like everything I have is like within arm's reach because I have everything already set up, ready to go. I should be ready to go at that point after the two hours that I get. Right. But my captains are normally pretty good, and they're like, yeah, do you need help? Nope, I'm actually on time and on point today. They'll leave me be. But if I'm not, they're already they're ready to help me. They can give me a right. chef. They can give me okay. a coordinator. Heck, they can give me my GM if he's ready to go back there and play with me. Right, yeah. One of the only jobs I ever had um, was when I, work, I was working at the pizzeria where I, where I worked alone a lot, and I closed alone a lot. That was, like, one of the jobs, like, during the week, I would close by myself a lot. 
and I worked the line by myself a lot, which is usually like I'd be working like a flat top, a fryer, a pizza oven, and like a cold side by myself. And I mean, most of the time it wasn't, it was fine. Like sometimes I would get a little like busy, but you know, um, the like I would just get food out as it comes out, you know, and get tickets done one at a time instead of like trying to do everything all at once, you know? Because like pizzas take a while, so. If I ever got really busy, I would just stick all the pizzas in the oven, and then I would start working the fryer items, the cold items, and the flat top items. Because, like, mm-hmm. the fryer stuff comes out fast, and then, like, uh, the flat top stuff was pretty easy. It was just, like, wraps and, like, quesadillas and things like that. So it wasn't too bad. And the pizzas would take the longest, so i get all that out, and then by the time all that goes out, then the pizzas start coming out. So I, I, I know what it's like to definitely work alone. It can be fun, and it can also be pretty stressful and overwhelming. But as long as you kind of understand how to get through the flow uh, of things like that, it can be pretty, it can be pretty easy, even when it's like super busy. Um. So you said you had mentioned earlier that you had worked at Disney, right? Yeah. So talk a little bit about what your job there was, and like what it was like working in front of house there. So or, that. I enjoyed that one a lot. I I want to go back and do that program again because they had a college program. Oh yeah, and they had me living in. I actually had my own little apartment complex with like four other roommates at the time, mm-hmm. all from across the world. So I had Italy. There was like Italy. I had Brazil. It was when I say it's across the world, I do mean it's across the world because of Epcot. But I had worked at uh, Magic Kingdom, and I had done front of house there. It wasn't. It was definitely interesting. People can be very rewarding, and some of them are about as weird as you can get. What are some of your weirdest stories? Oh, Lord. It's been trying to think of some of my weirder stories. They were all, a lot of the days kind of started blending together. But one of the ones that I can remember, it's kind of a sad story, but not exactly. Mm-hmm. I remember being at work one day, and all of a sudden I just see this guy running across. So I'm like, okay. And. I'm working a cash register, so I'm like watching, I'm paying attention to the window and having to watch everything else that's going on. And I just see this guy running past my restaurant. I'm like, okay, what's going on? We, at some point, uh, he's going back and forth a couple of times and we're hearing him. He's actually like screaming for his son because the beginning part was the weird part. And then we hear, it's like, okay, cool. I immediately, uh, one of my people in the back is like, hey, go grab one of our coordinators like now. Right. And that was when we were able to be, my uh, co my cast member really actually went and grabbed her, and we were able to take care of the situation. I think we I think we did find the son at some point, but I don't think he was uh, in my little area at the time. Wow, and I think it could be a very stressful situation. It's a very stressful, very weird, and that almost I that can happen almost on a daily. Just wasn't always in my park in my area. Well, right, you're in a park with thousands and thousands and thousands of other people. Uh, kids are gonna get lost eventually. Or, like, people are just going to, like, get stuck in the crowds or whatever, you yeah. know? Get lost in the crowds. That happens. Yeah. What was your What was your favorite part about that job? I, I feel like front of house doesn't really get talked much about on this podcast. I, I will have more front of house people talk and front of house experienced people talk on the podcast soon. But give me some of your positive moments from... My most positive one was... It was a very rainy day, so we weren't too, too busy. It was like, okay, slow day. We're going to have a little fun. Uh, me and three of my other cast members, we all, we, there was this one cute child and you know, we just, we gotta take care of the cute children. Uh, we ended up having this little box that we didn't do too much with anymore 
and we turned it into like Tinkerbell's like sleepaway to where she could sleep throughout the day and we put churros in there we always asked the parents if that was okay to give the kids of course because not every parent wants a kid to have sugar right so we said okay like knock on the window let's see if we can wake her up we don't hear any we don't hear anything we do it a couple more times. It's like, okay, she's not answering. Let's see if she left anything. Open the door. There's this chur- box of churro. There's this little thing of churros. And the kid's extremely happy. The parents are happy. They're all recording right. this. At some point, we uh, we just are happy. We're just being goofy, playing around with the children and kind of parading around Pecos as we did. And one of them was, uh, at the very end, we got to do like a little salute to say, yeah, you're now part of the Disney cast member team. Right. It was a- Right, okay. So, so like, Disney kind of allowed y'all as employees to kind of do, like, imaginative, magical things with magical the kids. Magical moments is what they call them. To, yeah, to, like, kind of have the kids interact with the park in a different way than they really would. Yeah, it was all, it was just to give kids magical moments. I mean, I remember telling kids, someone that wanted to see Ariel in particular, I remember the story, this is one of my favorite ones. She's like, yeah, we're going to go see Ariel later. I was like, oh my gosh, I love Ariel. I would go tell her. She's one of my best friends that you were on her way to see her. Oh, wow. She was overly cool. excited. Right, yeah. She was way too happy. Yeah, I was I was a Universal kid when I was growing up because that's when my dad took us mostly. So I was I was a big Spider-Man fan, so I was always excited to take a picture with Spider-Man. At the mar at his at his Marvel store outside of the uh, the gift shop outside the uh, yeah seen the that. ride. I remember one time, uh, I had saw my my dad had saw like Green Goblin the character the the go- the actor for Green Goblin run into the store, and Spider Man like jumped back up on top of one of the displays that had a bunch of Spider Man toys on it, and it was like they were having like a fight scene almost. It was crazy. It's crazy the things that they do at those parks like just. Just to make kids have fun and be imaginative. Yeah, no, I, mean, yeah like... I think that's the whole like, general process of it. I know they said, you have a lot of creative freedom to do this. Have fun with it. If we had like a birthday, we could yell yeehaw. My yeehaw's <laughs> on point now, but I won't do it. Right. Just because nobody will, my work doesn't do it with me, so no. They're right. not going to get it unless they do it. <laughs> um, what, have you worked in, a, in any other like restaurant industry... Like stuff besides Disney and the banquets? Yes, actually. I've worked in an open kitchen and I was a server at one point. Uh, talk a little bit about being a server. I want to hear that because I feel like not enough front of house stuff gets talked on the podcast yet. Of course, I'll have more, but I'd love to hear just some stories. Oh, well, granted, my stories are kind of going to be weird because I was overnight, so I'd sometimes go in at 10 o'clock at night, work what? till 6 in the morning. What, where were you a server? Well, I, I can't remember. Was it like a breakfast type place? It was. It was a breakfast diner. Okay. So okay. get there at ten o'clock in the, at night. I would see a lot of people stoned, high, drunk. <laughs> those are the fun. Those. I mean, you got the best tips out of them because right, half the time they're, they're inebriated and they're gonna yeah. tip high. <laughs> but I was also, I was at the time brand new, and some of them were not too nice, but most of them were pretty good. Well, I know. Give us some of your not so nice stories. I want to hear. Just the horror stories of being a front house person because I know there are a lot of horror stories. The one that speaks to me the most is going to be one of my when I first started. I'm probably going to say three months in, and our ice we were having. I was having to make a milkshake, and the ice cream was not completely thawed out, so I couldn't even scoop it. And I'm trying to explain to a couple guests that uh, were in there, and they're like, "Yeah, well, it was like we can't have our ice cream." It's like, "What's going on?" I was like, "Oh, the ice cream is just not at the." At a correct temperature where we can scoop it easily yet so we're just gonna wait a little bit and it took longer than expected so I try to keep them updated as best as possible 
But at some point throughout it, they just were getting more and more unhappy. And at some point, they ended up calling me just because I was a stupid girl because of that. Jesus. Yeah. People don't know how to respect workers whatsoever, I feel like. Oh, I don't know. Like, even when, like, the problem is out of their control. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a, do you have any good stories from that experience? I do. I actually had a couple regulars. And my regular, I love my regulars. They took care of me. A couple of them were from school. Some of them, I just, they were just extremely nice and I loved them and they loved me. They always took good care of me. They were my best, probably my best people. I'm trying to think of some of the good ones. One of them was just around uh, Christmas time and I had done something extremely nice for them. I wanted to give them a nice Christmas or a nice, like, something nice. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pay for their meal. Do something extremely nice. Be right. a little giving. And in return, they actually came back, I'm going to say, a week later and brought me something as well. Just oh, wow. to do something nice back. And I developed a very good relationship with them. That's really awesome. Um, I know Eli has some front of has some front of house experience. Yeah, somewhat, but not really like ever serving people. Like for the, I've done like, I've been a cashier. I've done like I, I've had a lot of experience talking to people, uh, talking to guests and like customers. Right. But um, I've never really like uh, you know, like learned a menu and had to like present that to someone and try and sell like I've, I've never had to try and sell something to someone like I don't think I'd be good at that but to, but interacting with people I feel like uh working in front of house like I myself like I just don't want to go into work and like uh have to deal with some of the stuff that front of house people kind of have to deal with yeah. do you, you have any stories kinda, uh I'd have to think like I myself haven't really, like, I was only in front of house for, like, a very small amount of time. So, like, I myself have never really been, like, the okay. like the, the person that was, like, being messed with. It's more so, like, stuff that I've seen happen. Like, I don't know, I've just seen, like, uh, servers I've worked with, um, the way they've been treated by their guests and stuff. And I'm just like, nah, I could, I could not, like... I couldn't have that as my job. Like, that takes something in you to, like, be able to, like... Yeah. Keep a smile on your face when someone's just, I like... I feel like you would have to have a lot more positive moments than negative moments to keep that up. Yeah, and I think that, like, you know, the people... That's what they get out of it, you know, is positive moments. It feels good when you can, like, bring people in and make them happy, like, serving them. But, uh... I don't know. I, I don't have what it takes to, like... <laughs> to be able to... You know, just like my my only front house experience was at school, <laughs> doing dining room management. A little different and, than that. Yeah, and I I will say I did have a positive experience with it. Um, I would have guests who would come in every week, pretty much, and they would ask me to be their servers, their server. I'd have this one group of people who would always ask me to be their server, and then I had um, Chef Sean's family ask me to be their server multiple times. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's crazy. <clears throat> I was their favorite, apparently. Well, <laughs> even though I don't, I, even though I don't have any front of house experience, I don't know. I guess I just enjoy food and I'm passionate enough about food that like I'm able to kind of like put myself in the mindset where like I'm there to make them happy and explain the delicious food to them and 
if they if they brought wine, I would I would explain to them like what courses it would go perfectly with. You know, if it was a red, it'd go great with the steak. If it was a white, it'd go great with the chicken and the fish. Yeah. Depending on what white or red wine it is, I have two books that I need to read about wine. <laughs> I have Wine Folly and Wine Simple. Oh. I need to I need to get back into it because I'm about to go to Italy. <laughs> Soon, I need to keep practicing my Italian too. Oh, damn, I gotta get back on that as well. Well, do you do do illegal too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I know quite a bit of French because um, I was originally planning on going to France, but now that I'm going to Italy, I'm learning some. Yeah, I just got Italian. started with mine. I know more Spanish than I do Italian, but right. they go hand in hand apparently. I only know kitchen Spanish. That's all past, I know. I can get a little past that, but that's only because they taught me that. Right, yeah. I only know kitchen Spanish, and that's it. <laughs> hey, that's something you can communicate with them. Yeah, you can communicate with everybody. <laughs> Chingon. Um, what you were saying about front of house, though, I'd say, for me, I just feel like back of house always clicked more, like just working in the kitchen as mm-hmm. opposed to like uh work in I front will, of house. Yeah, and I will say open kitchens, like the one I work at now, has its like is it's it's like positives. Like I get to see people enjoy my good food. And they talk to me about it sometimes. Like people at the bar will talk about the food that they're enjoying or talk to us, interact with us. That's cooking. About being in and they'll sit there and they'll watch. I mean they will watch just oh, wow yeah, wowed out before, of yeah. They get wowed by it. They get wowed by it. They literally just sit in there and watch them play. They're just like, Wow, I wonder what that is. What Whoa. is that? What is that? Oh, I used to have, I've, I've had a couple of people do that to me. What is he basting over there with butter, you know? <laughs> I used to have people do that to like me with watching pizzas. The, uh, <laughs> I love that. The guy at the <laughs> It's like when you're watching the hibachi guy. It's exactly like Can that. Can you hurry up with my noodles? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's terrible. Can you hurry No, up? I love the hibachi at buffets. That's like my favorite yeah. thing at the buffet. They whip it out. No, that's they do. Mind. They do. And they do a great job. Yeah. And they're funny, too. It takes one to be good at cooking, but it takes a lot to be good at cooking and funny at the same time. Yeah, I'm not there Good yet. at cooking and entertaining. Yeah, you're entertaining and you're good at cooking. It's like, damn. That's how you know so you're going to have a great experience. Um, but uh, that's the only front of house experience I've had. I, I would like, to, Eli, you want to talk a little bit about your new work? Because I feel like nobody on the podcast has heard about your new work. Yeah, so basically I uh, my I work on the patient line at the hospital and uh, I am my station is the griddle and uh, I work the flat top but there's like a few other things that I kind of do like I'll you know make stuff in the oven and bake a lot of stuff and uh, a lot of the things like you know putting something in the oven we have like a, a turbo chef that's just like you have specific settings where it's like, uh, say I want to cook a chicken breast. I just literally hit chicken breast on the oven and it like cooks it at the right time. I'm still going to temp it to make sure like, you know, it's doing what it's supposed to. But right. uh, I'm not going to, I don't have to sit there and like think about like, oh, how long is this chicken in there for? So a lot of my job is like balancing like... Uh, a lot, a lot of ingredients or a lot of uh, items at once, you know. Right. Uh, having to cook just like several things, like we we run our whole menu all day. So like at nighttime, um, I have to be ready for you know 
one single omelet to come in. And so it's just like I, I have to make sure at all times. Like I have three separate um what are the what are the the sizzle plates? I keep three separate sizzle plates for three different types of fish just ready to go that I have to be able to swap out putting in and out of the oven. I've got my sizzle plate for chicken up on a separate thing. Um, then on my griddle, I could be cooking a quesadilla. I could be cooking an omelet. Uh, I'll have certain things ready to go already. Like I'll keep like a rotation of about like three or four meatloafs while we're in the rush. I was going to say, you must know how to cook a lot of eggs now. Oh, dude, the eggs, like, that That kind of took me a minute because, like, you know, I know what over-easy is, but, like, I don't, like, flipping an over-easy, if you fuck up, like, you just ruin it, and, like, I would fuck it up, and I'd just be like, oh, because you have to, we can't serve it if the yolk breaks at all, you know, and I'll just be like, nah, make it again, and so, uh, right, you really just got to be careful with it, but it, the, the, f- the thing I don't like about cooking eggs is it just leaves a mess. Like, you can spray so much Pam or, like, you know, grease your flat top, but, like, there's just still going to be residue, like, on your... Uh, all the egg residue. Yeah, all the egg residue. And, like, so one of the things uh, from a different station, they make pad thai, and whenever they make that and put it up in the window, they'll call to me to th- crack an egg down and, like, kind of scramble it up. So when I do that, like, I could just be having, like, I, I enjoy making those because I just take my spatulas and I'm just flipping it around, like, trying to scramble it, I guess. Right. But, like, you know, I could just get an egg while I have all this other stuff down, like grilled cheeses and random things. So it's just balancing stuff like that, trying to make sure my flat top has enough room in case another item comes in. And also trying to keep my flat top clean because it's like... Uh, each item that you put down is going to start like leaving just like stuff on it and so you're cooking so many different things it's like I don't want to cook this uh, if I'm cooking uh, if I'm sauteing a spinach I don't want any meat in that spinach so like once I cook something on there that's meat like I immediately like clean my flat top as soon as it's off right and then I just have to make sure like all my items that I put up uh, I have prepped and I have uh, ready to go, so it's it's not too hard. It's just like maintaining a lot of things coming in at once, but they're all like three step things. So it's like okay, got a flatbread and a quesadilla and a fish and a meatloaf all lined up. So it's just like which one do I need to start first? Which ones do I need to have going? And which ones can I get ready now and put out? You know, right. But I like getting into it. My it sounds favorite, like a nice hustle and bustle that can like get you through your day easy. Yeah, my 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 least favorite times are when we're not busy because it's just like oh, I'm just kind of hanging around and either prepping or getting like really slow orders in at a time. But if I'm doing like uh, right, it once we get into that like the last two hours of cooking, it's literally right up until seven. Once we hit seven. Sometimes it can be before 7. Sometimes it might be a little bit after, but they'll tell us we're done, and we're done. Like, nothing else is after that. And so uh, you just always know, like, all right, just right, there's get no through late this, diners and then it like just, that, right? Yeah. You just get through this, and then it's over. Wow. And, yeah, and you said it's kind of like the opposite of the regular restaurants. You guys are slow on the weekends but busy on the weekdays. That's because patients yeah. are usually let go on the weekends. 
yeah, they tr if they if you don't have to stay, they try and send you home. But like, they're still like today was pretty busy for a Sunday. Like we actually had like a quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of orders today. And the patrons there can they order whatever they want off the menu? Mm-hmm. At any time. When I stay at like a regular, because I want to stay at a regular hospital, I don't get to order anything. I think they just send me whatever. Well, so like we have a specific menu that's for the patients because, and it's like only like our side of the kitchen does it because it's a huge kitchen. So like, there's a whole nother side of the kitchen that's making shit that's like just for staff. And so, like, because uh, they have a staff cafe. Right. But, like, our side, you know, the whole menu. Yeah, hotels can be have staff cafes, too. I went to the uh, Hyatt and for a day, and they had a. We got to eat at the staff cafe, wow. which was, like, free. Well, the, and all the staff just go there and eat every day. I'm like, damn, can I imagine having my own staff cafe? Uh, it'd be nice. It would be nice. You remember that, right? I remember. That was a fun day. Yeah. Well, I, I, like, I, I get to use mine, but I haven't really... Is it free or not to pay? Yet. I get $10 a day to use there. But oh, I, okay. I haven't... I've just been So making, it is basically free. Yeah, but I've been making my own food on the line, like, whenever I eat. So, like, I haven't even been using the $10. Right. Um, so, Alex, I wanted to ask, um, what are your future plans in the culinary industry like what do you want to do with your degree and where do you want to go with your experience next if you were to move on as of right now i think i kind of want to start looking i still want to own my own restaurant of some sort but i kind of want to move it from where the seven restaurants that i was planning on having into maybe a catering business because i found i do enjoy that a lot more and i have a lot more creative freedom and then maybe... Yeah, catering is kind of like banquets, almost, except banquets are at a mortar, a brick-and-mortar place. It's at the, they're almost the exact same thing. It's just I'm st I'm at the place already versus we're going out and about to the place. Right. So that's what I've enjoyed about it. So I want to kind of stick with that. I do want to go back to school, get my own pastry degree. I do want to get a pastry degree, and then... Okay. Maybe possibly get a bachelor's. I'm. That's kind of the idea right now. It's not a full set plan, but we'll see. Yeah. My plan right now is to get my master's uh, in hospitality, and then um, I'm getting my associates in culinary management, but I'm going to get my master's in hospitality, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be a professor of a culinary school, maybe FSCJ, maybe a different culinary school, and uh, teach hospitality and culinary classes, and just teach the youth what I've learned, and maybe be able to like help them through find, figure out their careers the same way that my teachers have helped me figure out my careers. You know, that's my hope. I like it. That's nice. What do you? What about you, Eli? Do you think you want a future in the culinary industry, or do you think you're gonna figure out something else that you'll really, really enjoy? Uh, if I if I if if I do have a future in the culinary industry, it's definitely not something that I'm really like planning out. It would just kind of be like whatever opportunity arises. I feel like because yeah. uh, it's not something. It's something that I feel like I do because I like am able to rather than like right doing it because it's necessarily like there's a always hiring positions in the you know? industry yeah that's the thing is like it's like i enjoy doing it but then you know it's like there's also other things i enjoy doing so it's like right absolutely it doesn't like it would just be like whatever opportunity arises i feel like true and that's the, like for for the most part by doing that like i've been able to go through just some different kitchens that were like you know I've been able to move up and gain more experience 
just by taking the opportunities that have arisen, I guess. Right, absolutely. I think that's great. And I think where you're at right now is going to be pretty great. Honestly. Yeah, no, I, I, I very much enjoy it. I'm really happy with it. Right. Well, if you want to, you can go ahead and hit the lo-fi hip-hop. I mean, or you don't have to. Thank you.